You are listening to Girl, Not This, a podcast series dedicated to my fellow besties trying to navigate their 20s, coming to terms with their spirituality, and healing while still living at home. My name is Lindsay, and thank you for joining in. In today's episode, I am joined by Christina Lainess of Shine Your Light Oracle. Christina is an intuitive reader who I've had the pleasure to do a few readings for me. I have asked Christina to join me today to sit and talk about her spiritual journey and touch on the twin flame journey. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Girl Not This. I just want to give a quick warning again. I'm still figuring this all out and didn't really realize this episode episode had an echo with Christina as well. So again, so sorry. This episode will come with an echo. I'm still figuring this all out. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm on it. And again, I couldn't notice it because sis has been going through a lot. Okay. I had a crazy, crazy week last week and it was just a lot. And of course, we didn't notice the echo until later on. So again, so sorry. But of course, I want it to be as authentic as possible for all of you. So I didn't want to like stop and re-record everything. So again, the conversation's still really good. The episode's still really good. But there is a slight echo again. So I apologize. But I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to an episode of Girl Not This. Today, I am joined by a friend, Christina Lainess of Shine Your Light Oracle. Hello, Christina. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Christina is a tarot reader, psychic intuitive, correct? Yeah, I guess so. I've never really put a name to what I do. I just let people just call me however they want to call me. I just um, channel messages and I happen to use cards to do it. So whatever that means for you. Amazing. So today I just wanted to bring you on here. I found you through a group of ladies that I had connected with a while ago and I felt just so drawn to you and I was, you know, drawn for you to do some readings for me and everything you've said to me, everything you've, you know, channeled for me has been so accurate and so on point. And it's so crazy to me because I have never, you know, I had never connected with you prior to this. And for you to just know such, you know, little details I feel like was just so like it drew me more into like spirituality so I just wanted to know like what drew you to this how did you get into this like Tell me your whole, I want to know about your journey into spirituality. Okay, wow. First of all, thank you for those amazingly kind words. I'm super humbled. I'm humbled to know that that made you even more curious about your own spiritual journey and growth because I wouldn't have not, I would not have been able to grow and learn if I hadn't actually been doing this myself as well. I was just thinking this morning how the more I do this, the more I learn. And it's kind of why I never really tire of it. And I mean, I have, I've had so many different jobs in my life. So having done this for like four years or five years, at least publicly, it's it's very sustainable because I'm constantly learning and it's because I'm constant. And actually the learning is enabling constant growth in terms of a per, as a person, as a woman, as, you know, growing spiritually and healing emotionally and spiritually. So how do I start? I'm curious about the very beginning. So yes, when you got really into it, um, I'm someone who 
grew up Catholic. So being drawn to this was just very like, oh my gosh, what am I getting into? Is this aligned with my values? So I just, yeah, I want to know about the very beginning. Like what drew you to spirituality? How did you um, stumble upon it yourself? Okay. So it's so funny. Like growing up, I also grew up in a religious family, Philippine or Filipino Catholics. And, um, and though my parents aren't devout and they were doing, you know, they were just regular people. My grand, I ended up growing up with my grandparents, especially in my earlier years, who were super devout. My grandma would go to church a couple of times a week, but also spent a lot of her, I mean, she was retired, of course, so spent a lot of her time at the church, whether it was volunteering or like helping members of the community. I think they, my, both of my grandparents also taught like catechism. <laughs> so the idea of spirituality was was kind of alienated from the idea of religion for me growing up. And the word spirit itself was always synonymous with, let's say, God, with Holy Spirit, but not necessarily within each one of us. So I grew up religious, grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school from elementary through to high school. And what was cool about those experiences is that they weren't super strict. It was in the Pacific Northwest in Tacoma, Washington, where it was still kind of like, there was like a, it was like a blend of hippie values and a blend of like Jesuit missionary, like also a high value on education. But of course, the traditional values, the traditional dogma of the Vatican, let's say, was also kind of obviously interwoven in that. And there was always a tug of war within, let's say, within this religious community that I grew up in, whether it was like conservative values, you know, the people that I ran with or went to school with who were very conservative, anti-abortion. Uh, capital punishment, all that kind of stuff. And then, then there were the hippie values that were like, we love everybody and we're compassionate. And we do missionary work and charity and feed the poor and all that stuff. So it's interesting, actually, the more that I, I hope to get to your like get to the point sooner than later, but it's making me think about how even as, a, as I was educated in this religious tradition, it was more about like deeds and like performance in a sense of like this, of this spirituality or like goodness or morality or religiosity. I'm not saying that right. But um, like all those things, it was all about like how you show up and what you do. But it really wasn't enough about like an identification of oneself as a spiritual person. So uh, that's just occurring to me now as it's coming out of my mouth. I graduated from high school and then had this opportunity to figure things out on my own. And I met, and I don't know, maybe he'll get to hear this, but I met my friend Brian. I was like working. I took a year off between high school before university. And uh, my friend who was, we were in this big food court and he was selling muffins on one end of the food court and I was making sandwiches and salads. And we got to talking because we were like the two only young people in the, in the area. And it turned out that he came from a Baptist tradition and was doing like inner city missionary work, but he was cool. Like we had the same taste in music. So this would be like the late 90s and we would talk about Nirvana, that kind of thing. But we became buddies and and because I was also kind of like new to the area, I was I had moved back to Canada after high school. And so he we he became like my only friend for a while. But I was also like curious that how someone cool could also be into like religion, like voluntarily. Like he was voluntarily doing this stuff. It wasn't because he, you know, was forced to go to church, even though he was taught religious 
religious, some of those religious tenets in his Baptist upbringing. Um, he kind of like chose to take the path of, of becoming a missionary and especially working with inner city youth. So we became friends and then I kind of like converted. So all this is to say that I've always been sort of curious about something other and like the meaning of us being here. Like what's it all for? And I always in my heart knew that we're not just here to pay bills and die, that there is a strong sense of purpose within each one of us. And what shapes that? And where does it even come from? Right? Like, is, where does it come from? It must come from someplace else, or even like these crazy inspirations that I have to be something different from how my family brought me up, which also speaking of like the sort of Filipino Catholic tradition would be also very traditional in terms of the lines of work, whether it's becoming, you know, something more socially acceptable in among among that society, and which is very judgmental, by the way. And family can be very judgmental, at least my extended family, my, as I was trying to express my and explore my own unique identity. But I was I was always an artist. I was always a writer. So I also had to feel like that that's coming from someplace else. That inspiration is coming from someplace else. If it's really all about like nurture, then I would be a different kind of person. And if only I could be more like the way people wanted me to be, the way that my parents or my family would approve. If only I could do that, life would be so much easier. And I wouldn't have to deal with my own like anguish. And I feel like that's what a lot of, if anything, if my, I hope this resonates with others, but like this feeling of anguish is partly what catalyzes the quest for like a deeper meaning and spirituality, like other deeper levels within each one of us. Went through the whole like evangelical Christian thing for a while, even went to evangelical Christian school in Langley, BC. And so I did, I did go to, I did go to evangelical college and learned about the ways that they understood God and understood humanity and the relationship between those two things. And what I did learn about that, and and I, you know, I didn't throw with with Catholicism or even evangelical Christianity, I didn't throw it all out en masse. Like there, there was a reason that I had to like kind of quest through those modalities because I learned, like there's truths in all of that. So in evangelical, through the evangelical like Christian experience that I had, what I learned from them, a personal relationship with, they would call God, I would nowadays call divine source, because we are all really the divine incarnate in our each unique way, each in our own unique way, as far as I'm concerned. At least that's what I've learned or I'm learning on my my journey, even though it's very uniform, evangelical Christianity and religion in general can be very uniform and codified. What I did learn from that is that we can kind of talk directly to God, to d the divine source. And that's that was a revelation to me, I must say, because growing up Catholic, we were, you know, we were reciting memorized poems, which didn't which weren't really coming from our heart. And there was like this 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 veil of separation like between us and whomever out there is listening to us. Oh, another Another thing that was different and that I learned, the distinction between what I had learned through Catholicism and what I learned through evangelical Christianity was that we don't need an intercessor. In Catholicism, it was about like talking to the priest and the priest is going to convey to you, <laughs> convey to God, convey to God what you're 
your intentions and your prayers and your desires are. And also we get to decide whether you're forgivable or not. (laughs) Like we'll pass it on to God, but we'll like filter out like, you know, or like leave in the bad parts. So it's extra, it's extra gritty or extra evil or whatever. But we can also edit out, embellish if we wanted to, to like, if we liked you enough to include you or to be forgiven, whatever. So there was like this editor or this intercessor in between, which is something that they don't, they didn't necessarily teach um, in the evangelical tradition that I was, that I was learning. Anyway, after all of that, I, you know, it, it just was not, it just, my, my passion for it, if you could even call it that kind of like naturally like faded away as things do when, when it's not, you know, when it doesn't resonate or when you've learned everything that you needed to learn from that. And I was just doing my own, whatever, secular thing, I guess, trying to be a good person, <laughs> doing good, nice things and really didn't think about spirituality for a long time. And, and in that time I, I got married and there's, I mean, I, I don't know how deep you want me to get into this, but I, I married someone who didn't grow up with religion at all. And the background is also um, very intellectual. And so the, there was a, a distrust of religion, which I, is understandable, but even distrust of the spirituality within oneself that was wrapped up within that as well. So like the person I was married to grew up in a very, in a German tradition. And if you know anything about like German philosophy, whether it's Nietzsche, especially Nietzsche, it's nihilistic and it's very human without much regard for possibilities beyond human understanding. So whether, so subconsciously that informed um, my ex-husband's philosophy, though he was a good person and strove to be a good person in all these ways, this idea of spirituality was not even like, it's nothing we ever talked about. Not even being like psychic or intuitive was in our vernacular or ways of talking at all. 13 years later, I leave the marriage and I feel like that was like the first mini awakening I had. I was going to say, was that kind of like what led you to your awakening per se, like the divorce, just everything kind of kind of happening like tower moment after tower moment. I started looking at tarot readings on YouTube around that time, but I, I don't even know how I found my very first tarot, tarot reading on YouTube because I did have a girlfriend years before, years and years before who who read for me. And it was really remarkable how, how she got some specific points. And it was really her psychic gifts, like very much at play. But then after that, like, you know, for like, say, 10 years, I had very little interest or curiosity or even any interaction with tarot at all. And it wasn't a, a, until around like what ended up being the tail end of my marriage that I was like, hmm, why is this showing up on my YouTube feed? Let's look at it for fun. And oh my gosh, that's uncanny. And, and oh my gosh. I needed to hear that. And wow, I think I should probably take that tip, that advice. And also being at a, when you're finding yourself at a crossroads between an old life and a new life and not knowing what, what the heck a new life is supposed to look like, you're like seeking for answers. And at the time I was literally like seeking what I would say was seeking answers from the great beyond, which is a, is a lyric from an R.E.M. song, which was like all I could hang my hat on to my spiritual, my connection to something beyond was music and, and a little bit of the tarot and then more and more of, of tarot. And then I, um, and then divorce happened and whatever and I was still looking at tarot readings on YouTube and then other stuff happened. (laughs) 
I love that. It was definitely the tower moment happening and just kind of really getting you ready for that full awakening and the dissociation and just kind of like stripping everything from you so you could fully emerge from it, right? That's amazing. I went through something pretty similar. I, as a teenager, had gotten tarot readings, but in my mind, it was never like, I didn't know what it was. Like I was just blindfully going and like, it was always like, is my boyfriend going to stay with me? Like it was never like, I don't know. It was just really weird. And then I never, I stopped going after I was like 17. I just, I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. And then it wasn't until like my spiritual awakening during the pandemic where I was just like, oh, like that's what that was. And it definitely does awaken you in a different way. And I think I started seeing readings on Twitter pop up on my feed and I was like, well, I'm a Sagittarius and, but I also relate to my Capricorn placement. So let me read for both. And this girl who was like doing these energies readings, I was like, I'm relating so hard. She would put up, like she would do like, the pages of like hits she was getting the name Christina or something and you're like oh my god like I'm having an issue with a friend Christina or I'm gonna go meet my friend Christina and it was her her readings were really on point and then at some point she started putting her readings on YouTube too but again I feel like you have to be drawn to them and you have to be drawn to the person and I think after a while I just wasn't resonating anymore and you kind of just fall off so I was like really drawn to this person and I was like oh my gosh I want to get a reading and again like we met up for tea and we got to talk and I just felt like oh my gosh she's so great and I just sensed your light in a way and it was just so beautiful and it felt really great just to talk to you and connect to you and not feel like I was crazy because again spirituality can be very taboo in many cultures and I feel like talking about it with certain people they're just like oh no that's just so weird like what like what what is that like that that's weird versus other people that are like oh my gosh yes I went through my awakening and girl it did the same for me and being able to talk about that with you was just so like a breath of fresh air because I didn't feel crazy and I felt heard and I felt seen like yes this spiritual journey is real these awakenings are real and they may be very different for everyone but can all relate and resonate with one another like hey you're not alone in this you know I'm like I always joke like this is a simulation because I 100% agree we're not here to just work pay bills and then go to the you know 5d it's no we're here for an experience we're here to experience people we're here to you know just live life and some are karmic debts from past lives and some Sometimes it's not. And I love that it was very similar for you, like growing up in a religious background, you know, kind of questioning it and just going from there. We embrace it and are willing to like explore, like, what is this thing that just landed on my lap rather than like dismiss it because let's say we were taught that it is, it is bad or that it's evil. And it's, I, I appreciate you bringing that up um, also in that things like tarot and oracle readings or whatever, psychic readings in general are, they do get a bad rap because it's been associated with like fortune telling like this sort of relationship between things like tarot or the oh my gosh the word occult when I would hear that as a little catholic girl it would make me so scared and or there would be like an occult store on the street and I would cross the street Whatever. So none of those like whatever ghostly or dark spiritual vibes would like hit me. But I was that's the, that's another thing about religion is that it or at least you know like old school Catholic religion is that it st- instills this fear in you in the, the some in something other in the liminal in the subtle realm like it's ghostly or it's like something unnatural that death that's not fully dead <laughs> the death the dead who are not fully dead. Um, but but so terror 
Kara, for me, was associated with that sort of that dark imagery. And this word occult was so like nefarious. But on one hand, I still don't use that word because I don't, actually I should look it up to make sure I understand what it means fully. But there, it gets a bad rap because it was associated with like fortune telling. And we see like these these like fortune telling like booths or stands with these neon signs in the window. So that's why I haven't referred to myself or I don't necessarily refer to myself as a tarot reader or even like a psychic. It's just like, if you find me, we were meant to find each other. <laughs> and I guess I'm meant to channel a message for you or a few messages over time. Let's see what, go- you know, what happens. So it ends up being less about, hopefully, about fortune telling than it is about like a resonance, like a, an affirmation that you are right where you need to be, or this might help to get in- into greater alignment, your own unique destiny, uh, which is divine. So I want to know now what fully emerged you to just start tarot and start shine your light. How did that come to be and how did that go about? Because I remember in a lot of my readings, you even say like, if I'm helping, if I reach one person, at least I helped one person. And I think that's so beautiful to think about. I mean, you live in LA as well. And I think here it's very like sink or swim. You need to have like five side hustles and you need to be doing this and this and this to like, you know, keep a roof over your head. But I think it's so refreshing and it's so beautiful that you're like, I just feel moved to share messages. And if I helped one person, I helped one person. And I think that's lovely. So when I, I, I moved to San Diego from Philadelphia, and that was that was a, a total leap of faith. And we'll probably get into that later if you're going to ask about Twin Flames, because I did have like that recognition while in Philadelphia of who my tw- Twin Flame is or had I, actually before I understood what Twin Flames were or are, I just felt like this uncanny, irresistible, unbreakable connection to this person. And his physical body was like taken over to the other side of the country. And I couldn't help that I got yanked over as well. Like my soul wouldn't let me stay put. I had to like get closer. I had to stay where, like we were tethered to each other now that we recognized each other in the 3D. So I got to San Diego and I had a, a job lined up and a, and a great job uh, in many ways. And then suddenly like, and there are no accidents. And that is something that I embrace more and more and more as the more that I do this, I realized there re- there's nothing that was ever out of place in that whole scenario. But I had lost my job because the person who hired me, who was one of the owners of the company, started stopped showing up to work. And he was the one person who knew why I was there. And the one person who was supposed to groom me in like, I was supposed to like take over for him because he wasn't feeling well, but he wasn't very communicative as, as to why I was brought over. And so there was no one else to help me uh, make my way into this company. Suddenly he stopped showing up to work. And five weeks in, he finds out that he has pancreatic cancer. And I think it was just like another two or three weeks after that that he he passed on. And so because I was the first or latest hire, I was the first fire. And at the same time, my twin flame and I were not together. I'd come all the way over from San Diego with this huge leap of faith and like wondering what the heck is going on? I trusted my intuition. I've been really like good about that. Like I've been good at trusting my gut and my gut has tr- proved to be really, really like it, it shows up for me and has proved proved to be right in many ways. So what is this? It drags me all the way across 
the country for this person that I kind of barely know <laughs> and feel a really strong connection to, but also feel like I've known forever. And then I lose this job. Like it was so easy getting me over there. And then suddenly everything falls apart. Everything falls apart. I was even at risk of losing my job at the time that I started reading cards for myself. So I, I was let go suddenly. And at that time, I was I was learning more and more about tarot, not not consciously, like I wasn't trying to educate myself necessarily, but I had been watching a lot of tarot readings, I guess, because that's where the introduction of the term twin flame occurred to me, where it was introduced to me. And even like these these so-called like karmic relationships and all that, all that vernacular, all that stuff was being thrown at me. And I was curious. And when you're curious, you got to trust that. Or I had just figured I had to trust it. And it it's a bit of a rabbit hole, and, and this rabbit hole is what brought me here today doing work that I love, Shine Your Light Oracle. So I lost my job, and I told a girlfriend that I did, and she had always kind of sensed that, that I was, I don't know, she said that I was psychic, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so she sent me a deck of cards. It was uh, Work Your Light Oracle deck, and I had no idea what to do with it. And But I also, at the same time, got myself a Rider weight deck. So those were my two first decks, and I just started to read for myself, like to see if I could figure anything out. <laughs> about how to navigate my next steps in the city that I would not have chosen necessarily for myself, but I'm here. So, okay, so now what? And I had told another girlfriend about about how I started reading cards for myself. And I didn't know because I don't, I wasn't talking about any of this with anyone, especially not anyone who knew me in my old life, in my old way. Um, I wasn't talking about it. So, so I just was kind of, it was, it was actually illuminating that she herself had been like going to tarot readings, like at her local bar in um in New York and uh she's like oh why don't you send me a reading one of these days and I, I sent her one and I didn't hear anything of it and then a couple of weeks later she's like oh may I have another reading please and I sent her another one and then by the third time she asked for a reading she's like you know you could be doing this for other people and I'm like what what really <laughs> what so I that and it was just a matter of a day maybe yeah that I just created a YouTube channel. And I don't know why at the time that I called it Shine Your Light Oracle because I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> like and those words don't even really go together, really. But I, I called it that and I just started doing it the way I did it. And I only showed my hands at the time. But I told myself, and you would mentioned this, like I told myself, like if I'm just going to help one person, then that is the one person that I started this, this YouTube channel channel for. And that was about four years ago now. And so not only has this little this little sweet collective of loving souls and sisters and brothers who get it, like who just kind of get what we do, or like are, are questing and hoping to learn and trying to heal that we may, may also help heal others in turn, we just find each other. And I get to do this just because I love it. And I feel like the the energy won't stop. Like it's just a constant flow within me. There are times where I take breaks, I guess, but it's also like awakened other things within me and and awakened like dormant aspects of my identity, which is like this return to myself as like this writer artist that this kid, the little childhood version of Christina, who was afraid of the word occult, always knew that she was. She always knew that she was a writer, but everyone was like, what? <laughs> you, 
We don't, we're they're not writers in our family. We're not writers. You can go to you can go to med school or you can become a doctor. And even to this day, I must say, like God bless my father who may never hear this, but he to this day has no idea why I went into like writing in school, like into English literature and pursued it to the extent that I did. We we connect to divine source if we're doing it right. <laughs> we're doing our work right. Yeah, it helped also awaken that aspect of my my identity and another aspect of my what some might call light work. So I do the oracle work, oracular work, but I also write and the, they help each other. Like the being able to channel also helps the writing and my studies in literature also helps my work in Shiner Light Oracle. Beautiful. So it's all very much like intertwining and it's all, that's amazing. And I just, again, I relate so hard where it's just like my family will never understand why I'm doing what I'm doing or girl, the amount of times where it's like, Lindsay, you should go to college to do this. Oh, but you would be so good at this. And I'm like, okay, but that's not what I want to do. <laughs> so it's always just like living up to like their expectations. And it's like, I can listen to you. I can hear you. But that's not the path that I know I'm meant to be on. This is the path I meant to be on. I relate so hard there, girl. 100%. So you mentioned twin flame journey and like karmic. So I'm sure a lot of people are listening are like, what is she talking about? What is that? And again, I love that you talk about intuition because I'm 100% sure I've met my twin flame as well. Like I was dating someone like a year ago, maybe. And it just was that like, I didn't feel butterflies. I felt oddly calm. And I just felt like, oh, I found, I found my person. And and it was just so weird because I was calmly telling my mom, like, I think I found my husband. Like, I'm the way we just clicked, it's crazy. But then we went through the separation and his words to me were, you trigger me. And I was like, I've never experienced that before. I was so used to these karmic relationships where people just took and took and took for me. And it was just like, a, oh, she's a giver. Well, I'm going to take it. And I don't have a capacity of just when to stop because I'm a taker. And this person, I think, acknowledged my light and was just kind of like, like, oh, I'm not ready and was acknowledging the fact that I was triggering something in him that we went into separation. And I really look at dating and everything like that. You mentioned like energy. Like I am very particular about who I share my energy with. Like, you know, I don't sleep around or anything like that because I'm very much like I'm taking in your energy and I don't want that. So it's been a very not lonely journey, but it's just kind of like eye awakening. It's eye opening where you're just like, wow, like I'm really putting myself first and like I'm really focusing on my my craft, what I want to do with life. And this is just part of the journey and we'll somehow align ag align with one another, one another again. So please, I want, I want you to explain the twin flame journey, the karmic journey, what that looks like. What are they talking about? I can't say that this will be in a nutshell, <laughs> but as far as the solitary journey goes, okay, so there are a few, I'm going to just start putting out some of the terminology out there. And there, there some people have a very like strong idea of what that is and there's kind of like there are kind of like mainstream ideas like definitions to some of these terms such as twin flame such as karma there's some very strong like mainstream definitions for those out there and like going back to YouTube while there are many great things that came out of, of my experience of taking in readings through YouTube and I, I got my start on YouTube I was moved to transition to Instagram where I found like a more intimate group and actually where it allowed me to connect with with you guys more directly it, it became less anonymous and more personal like you can actually see me more and connect with me and inter interact with me more closely on 
Instagram than you could have, could have, or I could have with you on YouTube or like whomever was uh, listening on YouTube. It was all very anonymous and, and random. Anyway, sorry, going back. So you hear a lot about those terms on these YouTube channels about twin flame journey and twin flame separation and karmic partners and all of this stuff. So you're talking about like this, this like solitary journey while in twin flame separation. <laughs> and what I've come to learn through my own twin flame separation is that there are some beautiful and amazing, very purposeful reasons for the separation. And not only through my own experience, but when I, I read actually for uh, this amazing couple yesterday, I got, sometimes I do, I mostly do like individual readings, but I had this wonderful gift and opportunity to read for a couple and they had never had a tarot reading before. Like this, this I think their interaction with me on Zoom yesterday was their first time with any of this stuff. And possibly the first time anyone had ever told them they were twin flames. But I saw it so clearly. But I also saw that they were going to be separated. That's insane. <laughs> it has to happen. And and so how did I convey it to them? Well, every every like like soul's recognition. So like the twin flames will meet each other and they'll have this like recognition. Okay, you're here, I'm here. We found each other after like many, many like past lives or like through the ether and the cosmos we found each we landed here on earth at the same time and we managed through geo like to make our way through geography <laughs> and other past relationships and whatever and we found each other but then we get torn apart all over again because it's like for, on one hand that catalyzes the next leg of our spiritual journey but with these with this pair this pair that I met yesterday what was separating them was geographical stuff like he's from France and she's from the United States and he is forced um, to go back and though they know that they're meant to be together and this might be even like for many like the first even recognition of one's own soul you know like wow this is a different kind of love this is this is not just like you said the butterflies this is something else and it's making me realize like awaken like it's awakening something deep within me that I guess I kind of knew was there but now I really know is there because this person is reflecting it back to me and I'm reflecting it back to them they they flip the switch in me and I'm flipping the switch in them because we're marrying each other but now the world is tearing us apart like there are circumstances in our in our practical reality that are tearing us apart but also in terms of like speaking of like where where nurture comes into play like things from our our upbringing cause us to to be torn apart like our our wounds from childhood and even possibly from past lives are, are reasons for us to be torn apart. So as far as like twin flame separation goes, what I'm discovering and what I've also, and what I'm getting as affirmations through readings that I do for other people, whatever comes through in, in a channeled message in a reading, whether it's public or private, isn't coming from me. Like, yes, it's using my word when it comes to free will and destiny. Like I've made a very concerted effort to surrender myself of total body, mind, word, and deed. So what I'm, what I'm getting about like twin flame separation when it comes as a message for someone else is really like hearing myself say it as a channel message and then I'm learning it as I say and it's out affirming for me something that I'm experiencing as well. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. And then that leads to my other question that there's always, I feel like there's always going to be not a, I don't want to say perception or maybe, yeah, but people are like twin flames and soulmates are different. They're like twin flames are supposed to like awaken 
you and like it's supposed to like trigger something and then you're supposed to be separated but not reunited like I always hear those type of things but I'm like I don't think so like I don't know I also did an astral cartography reading and the woman that did it for me was like you have a faint soulmate line here like in Los Angeles and I'm like oh okay so I'm like you know because I was asking like well I want to know where I'm best going to thrive you know with my career and like of course my love life as well I wanted to do well as well too and you know as she did LA because she was like you're in South LA she's like you have a faint soulmate line you know here and I was like oh and then I remembered sis is on her twin flame journey <laughs> so I just thought that was like there it wasn't a coincidence I was like yeah that sounds about right and I don't know like again I, I mentioned it like I just felt like yeah this like I know who my twin is I know who my twin flame is but I guess we're not meant to be together in this life and um and that goes around a lot this is not gonna fall on some ears very easily but I can't help but believe this and feel it in my soul in my heart and I also feel like I would be remiss by not saying it but I feel like when twin flames cross paths in this life though they've crossed paths in many lives we're moving into the age of Aquarius folks it's our like responsibility to manifest the age of Aquarius as twin flames who are who are starseed who are light workers and in order to do that we ha we have to like clear away some might say karma or density from our light bodies and not only does that serve um, ourselves that we may be healed of anything that keeps us from from shining our light from becoming our true divine selves but it also makes this connection happen it clears away the blockages between the two halves of this shared soul yours and your twins so and I always say also say like what you do for yourself in terms of healing in terms of spiritual growth you do for you do for others but especially most directly the other half of your soul who is your twin flame so we do the work we do the work yes like that is that's what it's about that's what the separation is about on one hand like clearing away the blockages to our chakras whether it's our heart or our solar plexus our root chakra and hopefully your journey reveals to you like what you're asked to focus on but uh, in terms of the chakra healing and activating the more that we do that like not only are we becoming these channels of divine light we're also bringing ourselves like we're bringing ourselves into greater alignment with our divine counterpart in this life and to, and I used to say this more in the past than I have more recently but we're manifesting heaven on earth the age of Aquarius however you want to look at it new earth one twin flame couple at a time <laughs> I love that and I love that we are talking about this journey because I feel like it gets missed a lot where it's just like this is how it's supposed to be like it's not it's not easy but I feel like a lot of people then confuse karmic relationships with this because it's like well the twin flame journey it's up and ups and downs as well and I'm like yeah but it shouldn't be this hard so I remember my last relationship I was convinced we were meant to be together like I was so like blinded by love per se that it was just like not the greatest but after like my initial awakening I look back now and I'm like oh my gosh that was straight up a karmic relationship like oh my god it really made me open my own eyes to my own self-love to my own self-worth and I don't regret the relationship like a lot of people are like I regret that relationship oh my god I would have saved myself so much money so much time so much this and I think part of growth is just acknowledging like you know what I was meant to go through that I was meant to heal something in that relationship awaken something awakened me in that relationship that I now acknowledge now that I have self-love I know my self-worth and I now see 
see that with myself now that I'm like, you know what, I could talk about my experiences from my last relationship. Like, you know, if only I would have opened my eyes or, oh, he was a whole bum. Like I could say all of these things, but at the end of it, I'm still like, well, I went through that. I was meant to go through that. It definitely awakened something in me that, you know, really ignited my self-love journey. Past relationships are, were opportunities to learn and that we can't look back at them. Or, I mean, we can, but it doesn't really serve us to look back at them with regret or spite or even like a little bit of um, self-deprecation because if we are really open to healing, then we like forgive ourselves and we forgive even that person. We, we attracted that because that's where we were in that part of our life. Like we, we thought that that's what we were worthy of or that we always attract our vibrational mass. And so if I attracted someone who didn't really want to listen to me, on some level, I thought that was okay. Or if um, if I attracted someone who didn't listen to me, it's because maybe I didn't really want to speak. So so looking back at each of those relationships more as like opportunities to grow and even like stepping stones in our ascension. And that ends up being very healing for us just by virtue of that attitude, Lindsay. I think that's just wise. We'll go through a series of karmic relationships, but I also feel like our let's see, dealings, is that the right word? With our, our twin flame and the ways that we that we interact with them in the in the subtle realms as well as in the 3D. And there's there's something about that which is much deeper on both levels. Like especially in, in like in the subtle realms. Like the spiritual connection is more like it's like popped off. It's on full blood like it it gets cranked up slowly and slowly uh in increasing like volumes and like bandwidth with, the more that we explore it and re- recognize this connection in a way that our our soulmate relationships did not. And that's kind of how you know, I feel. Because I was like, I'm such, a rom- I'm such a romantic. And as a kid, I've always been like, I've had crushes like all my life. <laughs> my twi- And I had this idea of twins even before I knew about twin flames. But that's why when I heard twin flame, I'm like, ah, that makes so much sense for me. I'm a Gemini sun sign. And I thought maybe it's because I'm a Gemini that I'm looking for a twin. And for a while, I was like, maybe I meant to meet a Gemini. Maybe my person is a Gemini. So, I- And I did go through like a series of crushes and like relationships with Gemini's <laughs> and of course I learned through those things but it, it but I always had like I always knew that there was like someone else like there was someone very specific tailor-made for me and we go through like these you know so-called soulmates and or these soulmates yes they are our soulmates because the universe brought them to us that we hopefully learn and that's what karma is it's really like energy flowing to us and from us but also I think of karma in terms of like of Saturn who is our great teacher planet in the sky who's like bringing us these lessons that we hopefully learn and then we learn the lessons and then they'll give us a test and like you pass it and you're like university (laughs) I learned my lesson that was a freaking hard test but I I aced it and let me up to the next level (laughs) please let me level up right let me level please and that's so funny because I actually went through something similar where I was like 
And I think obviously like I'm a hopeless romantic as well. Like I mentioned before, everyone's like, oh, Lindsay's a tough friend. She's the fire sign. That's just like crazy. But I am a romantic. I am a Taurus moon. So I am very sentimental. I'm like, please wine and dine me. Love me. But also like, I think that's why I enjoy like romantic comedies and things like that. Because I, I do feel the same where I'm like, there is a person here for everyone. Like everyone finds love. And again, we attract what energy we're giving out. And again, I was looking back at my past relationships. I've dated so many Virgos and I'm like, I'm a fire sign. Like I'm attracting earth signs. So then I'm like, okay, I'm attracting a lot of earth. What do I need to work on? What do I need to focus on if I'm attracting this energy? Cause Virgos are very like detail oriented. They're very precise. They drive me crazy, but you know, there's something that I'm obviously attracted to within them. And it really just made me open my own eyes. Like, okay, like maybe this is something I should work on and like this. But then I started learning about like your sister signs and my sister sign is Gemini. And I love, I love Gemini's. Gemini's are my shit. And I love Gemini women. I love being friends with Gemini women. I feel like we can always, we can always keep the conversation going. We can always, you know, there's something that we just click and vibe with. And I love that. I have my brother from my father's side who is a Gemini as well. And I just felt like when we reunited and, you know, started our relationship again, like it just felt easy. Like, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to, I just realized as you were talking that I didn't quite like fully expand on this point that like it's, it's also challenging interacting with our twin and it's all I at least as far as I have seen as well in my own situation but also um what I've seen in when I when I read for others is that because they are like our twin like the other half of us they're the mirror reflection they, and your your twin even brought it up to you and I thought that was when you first told me that that he told you that he triggers you like that kind of self-awareness is amazing <laughs> I just remember him being so open and honest about it like you trigger me we were spared dating but again it was that sense of comfortability that was just so easy to us that he was open and he was just like you trigger me I need to work on some things like it was insane like I just and the communication was there but it was still really hard like it's hard you're like what the hell like we just started talking and like yeah exactly what you're saying about like so this is like we're throwing out yet another um, another term from from the twin flame glossary like the runner chaser thing like everyone talks about it and and like what does that mean so for your twin to say you trigger me see ya <laughs> i can't deal with really myself because they're you're married to him <laughs> that's what it's about it's not that that you're not worthy it's not that they don't love you it's not that whatever they really want to go play around it's just that that is too that is too real and that's very familiar and it, and it reminds me of some wounds that I was hoping to not have to look at or feel ever again but because because you're here for my healing as well yeah like that's why you are you are the thing about the twin flame I feel is because there's such there's such a perfect mirror to us and and are able to like reflect back to us the little tiny nooks and crannies and the things that we think are hidden from everyone else they they see whether they're consciously seeing it or not but I feel like my twin sees right through me and he reads my mind like like there's no hiding anything really from him so what's the point but anyway uh, that's triggering by the way for me for anyone I think it would be for anyone but like they they're like this this exact perfect mirror that we could have the courage to like okay look in it and what is this trying to show me about myself like why am I afraid 
of this often is like this fear that that this rejection means that I'm unlovable. And that reminds me of how I felt when I was a kid or this person, this person likes me, but they're going to find out that I, that I'm not a good person and they're going to reject me anyway. So I might as well beat them to the punch, that kind of thing. Because people have taught me that I'm not, that I'm not a good person or I'm dark or yeah, like that I'm unhealthy. I'm toxic. So I better like save myself the heartbreak by like leaving now because I love this person so much that they could destroy me if I were to stay. Yeah, I relate to that. So when the initial separation happened, I was having those thoughts where I was just like, wow, I guess I'm just not lovable. And I guess I'm just going to be single and alone forever with my two cats. And I think think that I yeah that was my initial reaction to it but then after a while like after I started just going back to my healing and my own journey I was like you know what this was meant to happen and I still am very like I have shit to do I still need to focus on myself and like you know if I think about the person I send love and light and I'm like oh well I hope you're doing well and like you're healing just like me and like but again I, I think I try to like switch my mindset from lack to light because I'm like no like we're we're both healing it, it was meant to happen for a reason and yeah I'm like well look at me now like and I look at where I was when we first you know united or connected and I'm like wow like I'm now doing a podcast I'm now doing things that I never thought I'd be doing I'm healing I'm helping others heal I'm trying to create a community where we can all sit and talk about our journeys and really just relate to one another and you know I have family members friends telling me like oh my gosh your podcast like you're breaking generational curses and you're doing the damn thing and it's so amazing what you're doing and I'm just like wow like I I every day I'm healing girl like every day I'm healing and every day I, I I have a different mindset from the from what I had the day before and I think that's just part of the journey and I'm trying to look at it that way and I'm like and one day we will be reunited and it will be great and it'll be beautiful and it'll be grand but as of right now oh my like, god I'm so impressed I'm with you it. you got it like <laughs> you have shit to do I'm not saying you specifically like me any of us that are separated from our twin it's yes we're on this he- we're asked to recognize that it's it's a healing journey as well as like finding our purpose. We've got shit to do. We got shit to do, light workers. One half of twin flame couples. Like we have we have to figure out our purpose. And it's and th- it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier that we're just not here to like make pay bills and then die. Like pay into the like feed into this whatever matrix, if you want to call it that. And then it gets fat and bloated and controls the lives of, of the world, and then we die. And then the next generation does the same. We're meant to, as you said, like end uh, generational curses, cut karmic patterns, cut like um, civil, you know, patterns of society. Like we're we're here to like disturb this shit. <laughs> I'm glad someone hears me. Oh my god, I love it. It's just so comforting to know that I'm not alone. We're not alone, and like we're not crazy. This shit is real. Energy is real. What we put out, what we receive, is real. And I love that. You know, I'm able to relate to you and. I'm able to just talk to you about it and hopefully our listeners, you know, listening today will be able to just relate as well. And I'm addressing this to like hopefully listeners for whom this resonates, like recognizing that you're really not separated from your twin. And that's also what the universe is trying and even your twin's higher self is trying to get you to recognize while in physical 3D separation is that you are one. You have been one since the beginning of time. You have been one. It's just that your your souls are inhabiting two separate 
separate bodies right now. That they undergo like these these two separate journeys that will bring you back together. And that's when heaven happens. <laughs> that's when we manifest heaven. But um, but the separation is truly an illusion. On one hand, a separation from our twin is an illusion, but separation from each other, all souls here and beyond. It's also in this journey, hopefully, that you recognize that your ancestors are with you at all times. You are the, in, a, in many ways channeling and even embodying them. Your twin is like with you constantly. You And and hopefully you're recognizing that the telepathy, the, the communication that you have with this person that is nonverbal, that is that transcends even language, is very real. And the more that you can acknowledge it and then cultivate it, like it's talking, the more the universe is like, okay, they get it. They get it. They get what it is to be beyond, like something else, something other, to be the expression of divine source. They get that they are, they are God. They are the universe. They are goddess. That was perfect, Christina. Thank you so much. And for the listeners out there who would love to connect with Christina, please do not hesitate to hit her up. She is on Instagram and I believe a Gmail. Shine Light Oracle on Instagram or you can email me at shineyourlightoracle at gmail.com. I guess that's about it. <laughs> this has been so fun, Lindsay. Thank you so much. It's, and also a huge honor. I love it. Thank you, Christina. I really, really appreciate you just sharing your journey with me, talking about these things that a lot of people really wouldn't talk about out loud to anyone. So I just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today, spending your day with me to chat and talk about the twin flame journey, the spiritual journey, what this is all about. And if you guys are curious about anything, have any questions, I highly encourage you to shoot Christina a DM on Instagram. She is pretty quick to respond and just, you know, reach out if you have any questions or if you just want to vent about this fucking journey because it's rough. But yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in and reflecting with me. I urge you to take some time for yourself and document the outcome. New episodes will be coming every Wednesday. Feel free to reach out to me and share your stories or ask me a question at girlnotthisla at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast on your preferred streaming service. I'm Lindsay. Thank you for listening.